Greetings, citizens of the podcasting universe. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini, and this is an exciting episode 376. Oh, a quarter of the way to 1504. Oh, nice. Nice math. You know, <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about. I actually did see Transformers, so I, I took the hit. I did. Uh, but that's not all. We're going to be talking about Rough Night, The Bad Batch, Patterson, and uh, Beatrice at dinner. And we got some cool trailers we're going to be talking about, and we've got uh, some announcements. Now, before we get into talking about Transformers, I want to make this announcement right up top. Um, you are having a mental imbalance. Uh, you are yes. having a breakdown of sorts, it, it, and I did. it's okay. I did. It, it, it's, <laughs> I think everyone I should to, know about it. I need to, I need to, yeah. you need to walk us through <laughs> yes. the, I'm going to go buy a ticket to this. I will. I'll go through the whole thing. But I want to mention, as the Patreon grows and, and grows, thanks to the support of your fans, uh, of, uh, of you fans, not your fans. <laughs> My fans? Yeah, yeah, you're specifically... <laughs> Um, we will do a Transformer spoiler app if you guys can get us to fifteen hundred dollars at the Patreon. We're at eleven hundred right now. It's only four hundred dollars more. You will make Graham go see the movie. We will do a full spoiler app of the film if you get us to fifteen hundred. It has to be in the next couple of weeks. Yes. If it doesn't happen until like September, then it's too late. No, and then the the time has passed. It has to be within the next couple of weeks, and uh, you will make Graham see it against his will, almost like a hostage situation. <laughs> And uh, we so, will sit down and record a Transformers <laughs> The Last Night spoiler app. So I guess we should add a 1,500-gram uh, ho- Transformer hostage tier yes. to the <laughs> Patreon link. Um, yeah, Chris was like, would you be willing to do a Transformers spoiler app? And I said, no. Yeah. I don't want to do this. It was a very simple, easy conversation. No, it was Chris, no. I, yeah. I'm never I'm never gonna see this. And he's like, What if we What if we sweeten the pot? What if the fans demand it? What if the fans really want to hear us get angry for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, so I'll do it. I'll agree to it if if Aaron has something to say. Will you do it with accents? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will absolutely I will do the Transformers spoiler app <laughs> with accents as you demand. All right, that's sixteen hundred. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, there's a there's a hundred dollar accent kicker yeah. on top of the That's uh, a stretch goal. That's a, <laughs> So yeah, we'll do it um we'll do it all with uh with, with awful accents. I will do it all with awful accents. You know, the, the same way that uh um uh Anthony Hopkins was doing. Oh, the he yeah he looks dead inside. He yes. looks like oh I can't wait to talk. They about ate it. his heart. But before we uh we we get into it, let's uh, introduce our first time guest. Very exciting because we're going to be talking about one of the movies um that we saw the trailer for. But he's happened to have directed it. So it's another director, another mm-hmm. horror director. Um, and uh, I I met this gentleman. Uh, actually, I was on Doug Loves Movies a couple weeks back, mm-hmm. and he was <laughs> in the audience. With uh, the doll from his movie in the most <laughs> creepiest front row person I've ever seen. <laughs> it was he's like, fantastic. well, here's either the director of the film or a crazy person. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah. this guy, this guy has a necklace of ears. Yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy has someone in his basement, even though there's not a lot of basements in California. Mm-hmm. He'll find one. He'll find one. He's yeah. like the one guy from Zodiac that had one. Um, so uh, the director of the new Annabelle movie and also lights out, ladies and gentlemen, David F. Sandberg. Hello. Hey. Longtime listener of the show. Th- what just no, fantastic. Thank Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you were like I came up to you after and I was like, hey man, well because during I, I was making fun of you a lot during those movies, <laughs> yeah. but you played along quite well because he just sat in the front row, 
Because so Douglas movies, I'm sure many of you know. I've, you've been to those shows. People make uh, name tags. Mm-hmm. So Doug always comes out first before he brings a guest, and I hear him like, "Oh my God, who's this guy? You is that the Annabelle? How'd you get the Annabelle doll?" And he's like, "I'm directing the new one." <laughs> <laughs> and I finally had a name tag. Like I go to that show all the time, but like, I've never bought a name tag before. And then it's like, "Hey, <laughs> I actually have some." And okay, Annabelle. Predation. Yeah, it works. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Which was great. And so no one on the panel picked it because everyone's like, well, this is freaked out. This is crazy. And it would only work if it was in the front row. Right. He's like, in the front <laughs> row, and then you have a very good, like, deadpan face. So you were, like, not intentionally not smiling to freak people out or something? like. No, that's my face. That's why actors I work with, like, after each take, they, like, look at me, and they're like, was that good or like because <laughs> they can't tell like what did he think the of director that? hates me he yeah. <laughs> no that's just my face okay yeah. all right so like in the eye line if you listen to that episode periodically i'll just be like jesus because he's just sitting there with this blank face holding this fucking haunted doll and i'm like what the fuck um so i go up to him after the show and i'm like hey i'd love to have you on as a guest on comedy film Freeze. he goes I've been listening for a long time, which is yeah. fantastic. What turned was it? Douglas movies that turned you onto the show, probably. Or yeah, I started listening to Douglas movies mm-hmm. years ago. Like he's how long has it been? Uh, eight years, nine yeah. years. Yeah, he's been doing it. Yeah. We started ours in end of '09. He probably started a year before then. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah. So I, yeah, I started listening to you guys as well, and yeah, oh, and cool. I'm, yeah, kind of disappointed that it's not in the Gargoyle Garage. <laughs> 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 I know you said you when you got in, you're like. You looked around the studio, which we think is very nice, and it's air conditioned. You're like, "Oh man, how long have you guys been here?" Like, I yeah. really want to be in <laughs> the garage and see. Yeah. The, the, the... Maybe we should bring a gargoyle into here. I think we should, Chris. Yeah. We should put it right in front of the, the camera. That's yeah. for the um, the uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, I think we'll start doing that. Got bring a bring the gargoyle. Yeah, for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they demand it. They demand it. <laughs> I wish we had shelves or something behind us. So, like for this episode, I would have. David, bring the Annabelle doll and just have and it behind us and stare at people. And YouTube. Yeah, that wouldn't creep anybody out. No, that's no. right. And then, if we could slowly make it move so yeah. people jump, I would fucking jump out of my chair if that happened. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you... We'll get into the whole Annabelle later in the show when we when we watch... Because we all watch the trailer and we'll talk mm-hmm. about the, the trailer that came out. Because first you made a... We'll talk about your kind of evolution towards the, the movie. Like you started with a yeah. short film. Yeah, I mean, it's every filmmaker's dream, really. Like, so I'm, I'm from Sweden, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've been trying to make genre films, just short films there for a long time, and haven't been able to get any money for that. So together with my wife, Lotta, who's, you know, an actress, and, you know, we create things together, um, we were like, well, let's just start doing things just you and I. You know, I have a camera, and we'll just shoot things in our apartment. And yeah, Lights Out was the second film we made, just a two and a half minute short that we put up online. And then all of a sudden it went viral online, starting getting millions of views. Really? And all of a sudden all these people were getting in touch with us. At first it was like journalists who wanted to like, oh, what's it like to have a viral video and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then actual people from Hollywood, like agents, managers, producers, studios, like it was insane how much attention you could get from a two and a half minute short. 
Um, and, you know, I, I, like I had to make a spreadsheet of everyone I talked to and what was said last just to keep track of everything. Wow. And like I, have, I had to get like an IMDb Pro account to just to see like who are these people? Like do they actually <laughs> represent? Are they for real? Yeah. Just, yeah. Are they, because I didn't know. Like, yeah. Were you still living in Sweden at the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that was the thing. Like I was... So I had these agents and managers who wanted to represent me, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and, and they were like, so can you come out to L.A. to have meetings with people? And I was like, no, I have no money at all. <laughs> like, just, just no. I'm a short filmmaker. Yeah. I don't know if you understand what that means. Um, but then eventually, you know, this producer, Lawrence Gray, wanted to make it into a feature, and through him we got into, into contact with James Wan, and James Wan has his uh, deal with New Line. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you know, things were coming together and they were like, we'll fly you out here, meet everyone. And then before you know it, it was like, yeah, movie's happening. Just pack your bags, get over here. So, you know, my wife and I, we just had to lock our door at home and get on a flight and get over here. And it, it was just insane how fast everything went. Did you have a feature version of the script ready to go? No. No, <laughs> no, no this was never supposed to be a feature. This was just a little short. Like it was like this online contest. Mm-hmm. Um, to make a, an under three minute horror short, uh, and like we didn't win the contest. I, I won best director, but it didn't make the top six finalists. So we were like, "Oh, well, that that was cool. Let's keep doing this." And it, then a couple of months later, it it went big, and yeah, then we had to start thinking, "Okay, what would a feature version of this be?" And I had to sort of, yeah, think backwards, or yeah. And so then, how, how long ago was this? So it went viral in 2014, and then in 2015, yeah, they flew me, flew us over here and made the movie, and it came out last year, 2016. So people keep telling me, like, don't get used to things <laughs> moving that fast or going that well in, in Hollywood because that's not how it happens. And, yeah, we, we, like, got to shoot it here in L.A., which no movies shoot here anymore. And, right. like, mm-hmm. it, it's, I've been extremely lucky. And, and then, then it, and it led to Annabelle. Yeah, because uh, lights out did really well. Well, it was actually before then, because so when we were in post production on um, Lights Out, you know, we had tested it with audiences, and it tested really well. So the studio was very happy and said, like, would you want to make Annabelle too? Like, we're making a sequel to that. And at first, I was like, like I don't know what else can you do with that. Like, is there is it just going to be the same thing again with? You know, same family, and the doll just comes back. Like, what do you do with that? But then they sent me the script uh, by Gary Dauberman. It was like, like it, you know, first of all, it's a prequel, but it's also a completely different story. So it felt like, okay, this is unique enough that I can do something with that. And then, again, things just moved really fast. So I went straight into that before Lights Out had even come out. So when we had the premiere of Lights Out, I, I was shooting Annabelle on the Warner lot. So it's like... Yeah, we have to wrap early because I'm going to the premiere of my other movie. It's wow. just insane. Like, it's yeah, ride like the wave. A, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like being a lottery winner. You know, mm-hmm. save your money. You never know when they're gonna just. Get I know. <laughs> no, but but that's been the whole thing. The whole the whole time. You know, my wife and I have been like, well, this can fall apart at any second. Right. So we have to be prepared for that. Uh, and it's not until now that we're a little bit like, well, you know, things are still going pretty well. So maybe. Maybe this could actually be a thing, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe we can actually stick around in, in the U.S., you know. That's cool. Yeah. Is your yeah. wife going to be in every movie? Well, yeah. And we want to <laughs> do things together as well. I mean, that, that was a, a thing with, uh, 
you know, she should have really been like a producer on, on Lights right. Out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we like we didn't since this this was our shot at Hollywood, we didn't want to push, you know, right, like, right, like right, yeah, right. she has to be a producer. I have to write it myself or, right. you know, so it, it, we figured that they might just say, well, then then it's off. Yeah, so go the like, fuck uh, back to Sweden, friend. You're, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't want to push too, <laughs> sure, push my luck too much, you know. Mm-hmm. But we're sort of correcting that now and that she's, we're going to produce things together. And, oh, great. You know. mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, well, that's cool, man. Very and, cool. And we'll, we'll talk about Annabelle 2 a little later on. Yes. Let's get into some, some Let, films. Let's talk are... about, speaking of producing things together, uh, Michael Bay and the Devil have made <laughs> uh, uh, Transformers The Last Night. This is the most expensive Transformers film ever made, having a budget of $260 million. Wow. Um, it is as unwatchable as you think it is. And what fascinates me about these movies, I've seen all of them except one. I've seen all of them. They. It, so you saw this one too? <laughs> no, I haven't seen this one yet. Okay. But uh, I'm, I saw the first one in theaters, mm-hmm. but then I haven't seen them in theaters again. So this one I'm waiting for it to come out on video. Because it's, for some reason I, I like... I. Every time they come out, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to enjoy it because it's not for me. No, but, it is. But it's like, it's VFX and cool. You know, maybe there's something of value there, so I'll still watch <laughs> I, I, them. I, I, every I will every say time this. you think, maybe yeah. this one yeah, will. Yeah, the, uh, the, the 3D effects look good. Oh, and yeah. And this is the reason is, is Michael Bay was, is a visual effects director, pretty much. Um, so basically this movie is another two and hours, possibly even two hours and 45 minutes long of one effects shot after another. With two no... hours and 45 minutes it's long? It's unbelievable. It's so long and so empty. That's what's so fascinating about it. $1,500? Is... I don't yeah. know, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Well, you could see it in the food theater. That might help. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to get dessert or something yeah. and an appetizer. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's a commitment. Uh, so <laughs> this movie, it's so fascinating the way it is so long and so empty. And if they make a massage chair in the food theater, then maybe I can with see a robot it. with a yes. robot, <laughs> and I'm soaking my feet. Yeah, I, I can't. What's so unbelievable about this film is how you could make a movie so long and have it so empty at the exact same time. Like it, it's it's going to sound like I'm making this up. This has giant robots in it. It has uh, King Arthur. It has Merlin, and it has Nazis in it, and uh, and Sir Anthony Hopkins, and, a, uh, <laughs> and that's the cherry on top. Yes. And, and Sir, Sir Anthony, Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, and uh, and also a uh, British Megan Fox knockoff. So, um, so it's only missing what zombies and oh, it's only missing zombies, and uh, you know, technically the robots are aliens, so it oh, has okay. aliens. So werewolves. Uh, so yeah, it is missing werewolves, but you know, Nazi zombie werewolf if someone, aliens. If someone pitched it as a as an effects shot, I'm sure Michael Bay would have said yes. So it's unbelievable how vapid and empty this movie is. But what fascinates me about these movies in such a horrifying way is that it follows this very distinct formula of being empty, having the worst dialogue you've ever heard in a film, and it just it, it just is amazing that like okay, well somebody got paid thousands upon thousands of dollars to have um you know hear the words dude and have uh anthony hopkins say stuff like move your fat ass like things like that and i'm thinking what are there pictures somewhere of compromising positions sir, that so sir, sir anthony, anthony hopkins, hopkins said, said move, move your fat ass in a scene yes so 
it's uh, it's well. This it's is where great. the Russia probe really it's should great. go into yeah. because yeah, it, it, it's really it, it's <laughs> the Michael Bay really makes no apologies about how horrifyingly um, empty and terrible his films are. He's like, yep, guess what? It, it's almost like that Ed Wood mentality of like, oh, you thought my last film was horrible? Well, wait till you see my next one. And and it really feels the way of like, and this was my favorite quote. He said this is his last Transformers film he will direct for the moment, but he's open to doing more films in the future if it gets a good story. Because clearly- f- You wouldn't fucking know what a good story was if it was written on the inside of your eyelids. No, no I, there's, I just have an image of Michael Bay just punching a script in the face. That's really what it feels like. Does he like. even know what a script is? No. Do they I, even I mean, know what that, if, like- If you took out the scenes of some people running from explosions, this movie would be four minutes long. Like, it's literally people running in slow motion from a green screen, explosions and things happening uh, behind them, and then it was, uh, it's pretty much, that. that's all it is. But that's all any of these movies are. And I was wondering, too, like, well, where where else could you go? Would there be some different things that they could add? And, uh, yeah, just a little bit of time travel. You know, you go back to Transformers, we're here well, did they for, go to the uh, moon on one of them? Or Mars? Oh, yeah, of right? course. Okay. Dark Side of the Moon, sure. yes. But this one is, uh, you know, two of the ideas pitched in the, quote, writer's room, and that term is used very loosely. Um, is the Arthur the Arthurian Arth- uh, King are the King Arthur myths, as well as World War II. But Michael Bay liked them both so much he decided to incorporate them both in this film. So there's a scene with Nazis, and there's a scene with King Arthur, and there's a scene with Merlin. There's a dragon, and you know, on paper, these are all things I like <laughs> to see in a movie. Just not all of them all together, and all of them blowing up and having Michael Bay directing them. And this is only a fraction of the things that we'll be talking about if we well, do. You know, the Chris, spoiler I like app. sushi and I like ice cream, but I wouldn't put them fucking together. You know what no, I'm saying? Not for two and a half hours. No. You wouldn't. No, I no. wouldn't. <laughs> so it was absolutely um, fascinatingly awful, and you know, it went. I <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope they put that on the poster. Yeah, fascinatingly, fascinatingly awful. awful. <laughs> So we went as a family, and oh, that's, uh, I mean, so, I might have to call social services. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I will say, my eight-year-old boy, he did enjoy it, but again, he gets a pass. He's an eight-year-old boy. Uh, a daughter hated it. Uh, wife hated it. I hated it. So it was one of those. So movies everyone's like, mad at your son. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, how could you like this movie? Yes. So, uh, but no That's one wanted to fair. see. But no one wanted to see Cars Three either. So it was really. It was like, all right, you know, maybe three D, maybe the effects will be good. And I will say again, Michael Bay is a great visual effects artist. He is not a director. He's not a filmmaker. He's not a storyteller. He is none of those things. It's like, oh, you're a great dentist. Can you um, uh, can you perform open heart surgery on me? That would be your. St- they're both. You're both doctors. What's the difference? So. So I'm... Transformers, The Last Night. And um, these movies also are reviewer proof. Um, if you're dead set on seeing this movie, there's nothing we can say that's going to change your mind. Sure. And uh, if you already, if you didn't like any of the other ones, guess what? This one's not going to change your mind either. It's the exact same movie over and over and over again. So David, you are going to see this though. You've seen the other yeah. ones, yeah. Might as well. <laughs> but I mean, this, I think this had the, the, like, the lowest opening of of the whole series, so I mean, maybe people are getting tired of them, I mean, at least here. But... Well, it's it's happening far too slowly. <laughs> <laughs> what is a slow opening for them? Like, is it is it 60, 60, 60 million? million? Yeah. yeah, but but That's when a... you've got you know a budget of two hundred 
and sixty million plus marketing, that's that's a failure. Uh, even, but overseas, it probably make its money back. It'll, it'll probably still do really well in uh, in these other markets. I, you know, I want to encourage people to support the Patreon, but the idea that I might have to watch this makes me <laughs> furious. And it will be one of our best spoiler apps ever <laughs> if uh, if we can get there. Thirty minutes of me yes. <laughs> yeah. right. So it's up to you, folks. Um, make Graham happy that the Patreon goes up and make him angry that he has to see the movie. So it'll be both. <laughs> it might be my final episode. <laughs> it might be the one that does it. Like it puts you over the edge. It. I'm yeah, just say, I, 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 I can't, I'm done with movies. I can't watch another movie. I could be done. Yeah. I could retire from movies. <laughs> um, so next movie is uh, Rough Night. You saw this movie. I, you know, all right. Uh, I'll say this. It's great that now women can make a, a really dumb comedy. That's, <laughs> like, that's it, parody. It's, it, sh- it shouldn't <laughs> be just uh, men that can make uh, comedies that aren't good. Um, you know, it's everything you would think it would be from the trailer. Um, in the trailer, you know, the, the, the stripper dies, so then it becomes sort of a weekend at Bernie's thing. Right. There's some okay moments in there. There is a reference to like an actual event too. Well, yeah, that's the thing. So, so all right, spoiler alert, everybody. Um, but uh, there's a remark about uh, cooking a dead stripper, and actually uh, that this was done in, in Australia. It was Marcus Volk, a chef, murdered his transgender girlfriend in Brisbane in a Brisbane apartment in 2014. Uh, it was an ill-thought-out plan to conceal her body. He tried to boil her dismembered remains in cooking pots. <laughs> he then committed suicide before he was brought to trial, which, hooray for him. That's, so. <laughs> when, that's when you might want to take yourself out of the equation. And this you're is boiling. Where, and this, clearly this is what you want to reference for a comedy movie. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> solid, 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 solid joke. Um the teenage girls in the theater thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, all these dumb guy comedies that made 15-year-old boys laugh, I guess the girls should have a really stupid thing. Right. There's girl bathroom humor in it, just like there's boy bathroom humor. So I guess I was like, yay, right. equality, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Condoleezza Rice has an oil tanker named after her. See? <laughs> equality. Um so yeah, it's um, there's there's a couple. Uh, what's her name? Who plays the uh, the Australian in the film? Um, Krista McKinnon, right? Kate. Kate, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. She's really funny, but it was that thing. I mean, I really think she's funny. Like she really, I I loved her in the Ghostbusters film. And she plays an Aussie in this, which is funny, but I always do that thing of, it's a conversation we've had with Will Anderson. It's like- There are no Australians? There's no funny Australian women, and you know, can't, and why are we hiring Australians and Brits to do American accents with that hard R, and why are we getting Americans to go, hello, mate, dingo, or whatever, like, it's just, (laughs) I don't know, like, so I I just was, I always watch. That is a taste of the uh, Transformers spoiler episode if we get to (laughs) (laughs) $1,600. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's a movie that, uh, yeah, if you got nothing to, you know, you just want to laugh at some dumb joke like i don't know if you have a 15 16 year old daughter or something i don't know is like, it like 
is it appropriate for someone that age? Do you think is with murder? Like, what's the rating I on it? I think it is R, but um, it. it is, is it a hard R? Well, yeah. I mean, there, there, there is, there is, there is. Um, to me, the trailer looked more like very bad things. Uh, with Jeremy Piven and Christian Slater and so Cameron Diaz. It sounds like this movie didn't even know who it was for. Well, there's some of them. I'm trying to. I'm at the thing right now. Um, it is. I won't tell me on. Oh no, it is R. It's an R-rated movie. Yeah, it is okay. R-rated. So it's doing that thing. It's the girl version of like, gross out. You know, gross out comedies. Yeah. Not, not necessarily all gross out, but like. Everyone's trying to recapture bridesmaids. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. That does that happens even though all guy comedies they'll make an all guy comedy that really breaks out and is funny and yeah, hilarious. Like, and we awesome. need another Hangover. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. right, and then mm-hmm. they do a bunch of fucking copycats, you know. Right. So it's like it's what you know Hollywood is just opening the door for. <laughs> I mean, so in that respect, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's a good thing, but it's you know it's an R-rated movie. It's it's okay. Yeah. All right. You know. Sounds like an airplane movie. It yeah, absolutely it does sound is like an airplane, airplane movie. The movie, like, I was watching it going, if I was on an airplane, I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I'd be totally fine. Now, um, let's talk about this next movie, The Bad Batch. Now, you saw this one. What did you did. think of this movie? This is like a post-apocalyptic cannibal. The trailer kind of, looks uh, interesting. That's Yeah. I saw the trailer in, in a theater, and it's just, like, what is this? Like, it starts out with, yeah, middle of the desert, this woman, this girl. Mm-hmm. Like on her back on a skateboard, just missing a leg and an arm. Right. right. Yeah. And you cut to these bodybuilders just <laughs> pumping iron. It's like, mm-hmm. I have to see this. Um, and it, like, it's a two hour movie. And the first, like, half hour is almost dialogue free and was really cool, actually. Because it's, they have this sort of setup. I don't know if it's slightly into the future or just an alternate reality or something, but kind of like Escape from New York, where they, have this big desert area where they just throw in criminals and illegal aliens and it's like no loss in there you're no longer a citizen like, like a penal colony kind of thing yeah like you're on your own <laughs> to do whatever and this girl you know as soon as she gets in there she gets taken by these bodybuilding cannibals who are living in like a an airplane graveyard who yeah they take her arm and her leg to eat and like keep her around to, to eat uh, but she sort of <laughs> escapes and it's it's kind of like a like a revenge tale at first but then she kind of gets a little bit of revenge and then it just sort of meanders for for an hour and a half and like nothing happened unfortunately like it's visually it's really cool like it looks great and it's well made it's got keanu reeves is in it and jim carrey jim carrey is and he's like unrecognizable because he plays this desert hermit that doesn't mm-hmm. say a word in the entire movie and it took like half the movie before I even realized wait wait is that Jim Carrey because mm-hmm. he's like this toothless bearded weirdo and yeah but it unfortunately well the director Anna Lily Amarpour she did um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night that was that Iranian vampire mm-hmm. movie which mm-hmm. I haven't seen but I've heard great things it's about good it. actually but it's it's a lot of it it's a lot of mood and atmosphere, which yeah. it sounds like that's what she kind of concentrates on rather yeah. than kind of a uh, a through line of a story. And was that kind of a slow burn? It was, it was a very slow burn, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it was a similar thing here, even though this was much um, bigger and more epic in scope. Yeah, like they did a lot with a low budget. I think it was mm-hmm. like $6 million or mm-hmm. something. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't enough there, like enough 
story or character it was mm -hmm. just it just turned into pretty pictures and yeah unfortunately right. yeah hmm. she she uh yeah has a six million dollar budget she writes and directs it and uh it sounds like to me from i remember when chris when you did talk about a girl walks home alone at night an interesting concept again two very interestingly interesting concepts maybe she just needs a solid script yeah i, I mean maybe she's mm -hmm. kind of doing that thing like hey we all as new indie filmmakers we got to do everything we write and direct everything and we edit everything and then sometimes right. like I, I remember when I realized I'm not a professional editor mm -hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> when, I re when I realized that and I was like you need you need to hire as as you get bigger budgets and stuff like that you, you need, need experts in the uh, department in each one of the departments so so did you edit Annabelle no, uh, right. You you had you had experts in <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. departments, right? Yeah. I, I mean, that was the weird thing coming here because yeah, when you start out, you shoot everything, yeah, everything you, you edit, do everything. You're, You're one man band, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when you get here, it's like, well, just give me the camera. I know what to do. But you have you know the DP and editor and all these things and that you have to sort of learn how to work with. Uh, but yeah, you can certainly get better things when you work with <laughs> people who know what they're doing. The, and and you can get as you know you can get the best. Yeah, in every department, you yeah. know what I mean. Like you can get the top people. That's the thing that uh, that Hollywood has is the top, the top people in every department. Um, so I, I don't know. It sounds to me like 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 this is a really talented filmmaker that just hasn't really um, caught her stride yet. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I'd be really interested in seeing what she does next. And like, yep, yeah. But this was yeah a little too slow and meandering for mm -hmm. me. But yeah, but that first half hour. Really cool, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> well, it's interesting. She has a lot of short films in her, in her, um, in her resume. So maybe that's just the figuring out how to get into the three act form versus yeah. the one act form. It's a different thing, as yeah. as you know. You yeah. know, a yeah. short film is its own animal. No yeah. matter what people tell you, it's a different thing. But it's always. I mean, more <laughs> of anything. I remember, like, when I went from a feature act <clears throat> to a headliner. And it's you're only, you're only adding an extra fifteen minutes to your set, which doesn't seem like much. But I remember, I, 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 but the show rides on you. The show completely rides on you, and it's a different thing than just adding time. So right. when you go from MC, you're doing fifteen minutes to middle act, you're doing thirty. No one asks for a refund if they don't like the middle act. Nope, nope, <laughs> no, and no, and and what it. I remember ta I was I was on Joey Diaz's podcast, and we talked about this. And when he said he made a great point, he goes. I, I finally, you know, I remember when I learned how to be a headliner, not headline a show, but be a headliner, be the show, put it all on your back. And I think that takes time artistically to go to a longer form of anything. Right. If you're a short filmmaker, you're, even if you're writing short scripts and directing short scripts, to then go to that 90-minute to two-hour storytelling, three-act structure that isn't just cool pictures or visually, I think it's a, it's a challenge. Right. You know? Yeah. So... Cool. Well, let's get to the next movie, um, Patterson. I wanted to. I, I had to see this movie, and one oh, of the man, reasons I wanted to see this movie because it was the opposite of Transformers. Oh yeah. That's why I, I kind of had to. I had to balance the scale. And Patterson is a tiny little character piece by Jim Jarmusch. Am I saying his name right, Aaron? Jim Jarmusch. Uh, or is it Jim Jarmusch? I've heard it pronounced <laughs> yeah. a million ways, just like my own name. Uh, yes. So. Um, it's basically, Adam Driver is a um, a bus driver 
for Patterson, New Jersey, but his name is also Patterson. And uh, it's a week in his life. And what I loved about this movie is it's a quiet, small film. It's a character study. He writes poetry on his breaks and, you know, when he's at home. And what this film does is the same thing, if you remember the movie Boyhood did. What it does is it finds meaning in those small moments of your lives, those quiet uh, moments in everyday life. Because his day is pretty much the same. He goes to work. He drives the bus. He comes home. He walks the dog. He goes to the bar for one beer. And, you know, when you describe a movie like that, you're like, well, God, this sounds mind-numbingly boring. And it isn't because it's so engaging and it's such a slice of real life that, you know, you're um, – you're really engaged when you watch these characters like because they just always feel real and fleshed out and it's ultimately the type of movies like this is never going to find a giant audience this movie but it's a great little character piece a little character drama and um he wrote the treatment for the film almost 20 years ago which i love like the fact that you know artists continually uh have stuff in their trunks that they they pull out that you know eventually you can get made and um, the conversations between two construction workers uh, in the bus was a real conversation that he overheard at a bar. And everything feels organic and real in this movie. And even though it's tiny, it's small, it's character-driven, not a lot happens. It's a slow burn, but it, everything has that kind of meaning in a small mundane way the it's the same type of theme is, is finding meaning in those mon- mundane um, quiet moments of your life so it's 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 the i like i said it's the opposite of transformers and it's really worth uh it's worth your time to check out and it is on one of the streaming services right now well the thing that, like this movie they released it in uh november they were trying to get some oscar push from it Right. Um, and, and yeah, that, that that's a bit of a stretch, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not that. No, it's not. It's not Oscar worthy. It's a. It's a. It's a. You know, the best way to describe it is it's it's a good Jim Jarmusch film. <laughs> which know? is it? Which is an acquired taste. Yes, he is an acquired uh-huh. taste. Do, are there any of his films, David, that stick out for you? That that you know, he made Ghost Dog. Yeah, Down Broken. by Law, right? It's, so was that I think the, that was the other one. I'm trying to think, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Even no, you did, yeah. In yeah, 1986. Yeah, I really liked that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with Roberto Benigni being weird. Yeah. He's able to do that. I mean, like he did Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, which I really thought was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but then sometimes he can, you know, Broken Flowers is interesting, but yeah. he sometimes can go into the meander. Oh, sure. The yeah. Meander side but of it's, town. it's weird because sometimes some directors you know they can go into meandering but in a good way almost where it's mm-hmm. yeah you're where still it's engaged. it's his voice like the meandering is like well it wouldn't be a jim jarmusch film if it didn't meander yeah. and uh, and go into these different places like there there's a couple times where he plays with the um the tenets of filmmaking which are really fun like he's walking his dog and like a bunch of gangbangers drive him is like oh what kind of dog is that oh man that's a that's a really uh, nice dog, and you got to make sure that might get dog jacked, you know. So you think, okay, later on the dog's going to get kidnapped, but it never does. <laughs> so, so like things like that, where you have these moments of like misdirection that he deliberately puts mm-hmm. in are, are fun too. But then Ghost Dog would have saved the dog. So well, sure, yeah, well, Ghost, yeah. but that like I think <laughs> Ghost Dog is the most of of his films that has the mo- most like. 
solid through lines for him for a Jim Jarmusch movie. Yes, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. this person's uh-huh. introduced, they're gonna become a thing later. You've got a samurai, you've got the mob. You've got the you've mob, got, yeah. there's a crime thing. He's gonna right. you know what I mm. mean? Like um It follows a uh, a story for sure. All right. Well I'm gonna I wanna did you watch that on demand? I did on the streaming service. Okay. So I saw a lot of movies we saw, I guess. We this did, week. we did. We're hitting a lot of them this I week. I saw Beatrice at dinner. Mm-hmm. And um, the there's the same guys, uh, Mike White and Miguel uh, Arteta's third film together. They did Chuck and Buck and The Good Girl, and it's it's I can't go that much into it without giving a lot of stuff away. But basically, Selma Hayek plays a woman. Um, who's from uh, Mexico, I believe, and is living in L.A., and she d- does, like, massage and Reiki healing. and you, th- th- What's Reiki healing? That's like an energy healer. You know, it's... It's a age. witch doctor. It's a witch doctor. It's <laughs> okay. new-agey, yeah. flim-flam, right. you know. Um, so, so... <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a rainbow wrangler. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. your unicorn is misaligned. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a chakra mechanic. Okay. Um, <laughs> Got it. So, uh, and you, they, they introduce who she is, and she has this, uh, like, kind of beautiful sensitivity to the world and is very sort of honest and and you know uh you see her in the beginning of the film she works at like a cancer treatment center and so you she's like oh she's really you know she's uh, trying to help she's a, you know she's a healer and um so and then she goes one of her clients is is uh Connie Brighton from Friday Night Lights that's I I, I like her and they're rich. They're crazy rich, right? And you see that she's, you know, drives an old car that she hopes starts, you know, and she shows up to this house in Laguna that's just a palace, you know what I mean? Just a, a, a $10, 20000000 million house, you know, the view of the ocean and everything. And then Beatrice's car breaks down and she stays for dinner and it's all these rich white people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just kind of... Was it a fundraiser? Uh, <laughs> well, it was like... It's a big business deal. So Connie Brighton's husband is like, well, John Lithgow is this billionaire and they're, mm-hmm. they're closing this big business deal. And he's like, boy, I don't know if we can have Beatrice. Oh, no. And Connie Brighton's very genuine. Oh, no, she's my friend. She's great. She was helped with our daughter. Who they're, you know, So she stays and then she just starts kind of calling people on their shit. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very odd film. And... Um, is it like comedic or is it more drama? Or? It's definitely more drama. There are some comedic moments just in how her sort of naively straight talking to people. And it's definitely showing sort of um, it's it's the there's actually you see the cultural thing of somebody who's like cares about the earth, cares about the environment. And it's it's very glaring like and this is ugly America. You know, this is mm-hmm. rich America that doesn't give a shit about anyone else and uh, especially to its neighbors of the South and um, and how she just sort of deals with that. And um, Does the whole thing kind of take place over a dinner? That's is it. That, yeah. It's one night. Mm-hmm. So, Press time. Um, 
you know, I see what they did. It's 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 they they shot it, you know, in one location basically. I mean, well, not uh, not not one location. They show her in the beginning going to a couple different places, but the majority of the movie all takes place in this house. Right. So you know, it's it's a, a super low budget film. Um, it's done maybe three million dollars. I don't even know what the budget is. It's not really listed. Uh, Miguel Arteta. Um, directed it. Uh, Mike White obviously wrote it, and so I don't know. It's 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 interesting, and it makes some interesting points. Um, this guy has directed a lot of. He did the movie Cedar Rapids, which I actually like, um, but he's done a lot of TV. He's done American Horror Story, House of mm-hmm. Lies, Nurse Jackie. I mean, he's a TV director, but these are solid, a lot of very solid TV series that he that he directs. So I kind of feel like he wanted to, you know, he's the director is from, was born in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. And I think he, I think he really wanted to kind of make a statement about American <laughs> culture and, and giant corporations because John Lithgow was this big corporate dude. Right. And so... Um, Sounds like it might be a little heavy-handed. A little at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. To, there's some stuff at the ending. You know, the ending is... might split people <laughs> really? I mean I don't know like the you might you might watch the ending and go wow that was intense you might watch the ending and go, what the you know like it might right. it might do that sort of thing it's an interesting film okay and uh Selma Hayek does it gives an interest it's really you know it's a it's a kind of performance I don't think I've seen her do before oh okay cool. so that was that was interesting so I don't know it's it's sounds like you're on the fence on I'm it. so on the fence I walked out of that movie it was one of those movies where you walk out I was like did how did I did I like did this I movie? like this movie? What the hell happened? <laughs> like there was times I was like, Ugh, and yeah. then there was times I was like, wow, this is really engaging. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to have other people watch it and give me their opinions. Well, you don't right. walk out mad, then it's kind of a success. Yeah, then that's <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's still, it's still a win. It's still a win. <laughs> yeah. If earbuds so. doesn't make anybody mad, then I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess we did all right yeah. with it. Um, so, all right. Well, we have a sponsor, oh, uh, ZipRecruiter.com. Now, are you hiring? And this is what's great about ZipRecruiter and why it's different. You can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. So with their par- powerful technology, they can find the right people for your job better than anyone else. That's because uh, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just under 24 hours. Now, this is one of those um, uh, companies that can really help a small business mm-hmm. because it's so hard to find good people. And, you know, it, it would take forever to post on every single job site. Nor the can you afford that, some big right. expensive head honor. Exactly. So with a, a company like ZipRecruiter, you know, you, you hire them and they get it sent out everywhere. And then the candidates find you and you have a better choice to pick who you want. I've read numerous articles that um, there's like – you know, manufacturing jobs are hard to come by and stuff like that. But but highly skilled white collar jobs, there's right. a, there's a glut. They're they're having a hard time filling these positions. Right. So I, that's why if you are like a smaller mid sized company, I would use ZipRecruiter.com. Yeah, to especially if you need uh, some highly specialized or skilled labor. And that's the thing. I mean, we can we're here to tell you is 
guys that run a little company yeah, and have had to hire yeah. people. And it, it's it's not only is it tough, I mean, but it also it can be costly in mm-hmm. time and money to find people. So right, if you just if you just like, wow, well, we'll just hire this person. That never works out. No. By the way, <laughs> by the way, we we've done that and yeah. it doesn't work out. Yeah, <laughs> guys, I'm right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we're putting Aaron's job on ZipRecruiter. Yes. <laughs> and kind of a weird time to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we expect an 80% return. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but here, we're going to let you guys try it for free. If you have a small business, you can post a job on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. So ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN and try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. Also, uh, the $50 Patreon level, you get the shout-out. Mike Valdez, yes. who is MikeValdez.com. Go to that website, check it out. You get a shout-out on every single episode um, for at the $50 level. Also, uh, you know, you get your name in the credits on the uh, on the YouTube channel. You can't go wrong. You got a lot of business over there, friends. Mm-hmm. Chop it up. All right. Ready for the trailers? Oh. Should we start with Battle of the Sexes and then we'll go to Annabelle? Yeah, and we'll let's talk do about that. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot, we're going to get into the So Battle of the Sexes. Now, this t- story has been told before. This is Billie Jean King, obviously. And uh, Now, you were saying that there was there was an ESPN movie. There was a Ron Silver played right. Bobby Shriver. And I f- forget who played Billie Jean King on the ESPN version, but... This is a story that's been told numerous times, and right. it was interesting because David I, was like, "I don't. I'm from Sweden. I don't know anything about I'll this." I'll tell story. you, Steve Carell plays such a great bastard. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. he is. He's, he's such a, a great asshole in this. He just he from is. the trailer, I'm like, I want to see it just for him. He's an asshole. Yeah. yeah. But this is so. It's an interest. So uh, anyone who wasn't alive then or not from here, this was a big deal. Obviously, the '70s, the 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 battle of the sexes was a big issue. It was a big gender equality was a big thing, and so. One it's of not th- anymore, though. It's taken care of. <laughs> it's all squared yeah. away. We got that in race. We figured yeah. it out. Everything's good. And there's I don't know no, what there's... they're doing in Sweden, but here we got things taken care of. <laughs> oh, no. There's well, no money. That's mon- why I moved here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fixed in America. <laughs> there's no money inequities in this country. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. It's socialism is winning. Um, so basically, they've done a lot of stories about, about this. But what happened, so there was a big... And you had people like Norman Mailer who would speak out about he was the, sort of this male and he would say these women are less kind of things. And so that was a thing that was happening a lot. And Billie Jean King was one of the top uh, female tennis players. And she challenged uh, or Bobby Shriver challenged her to a tennis match. And it's mm-hmm. a really about everything that went into this. Right. And um, like it seems like the movie is a lot of pretty much the setup to that match. Yeah, what seems like it's different than the ESPN one. The ESPN one seems like it focused more on the actual match, if I remember correctly, where this seems like it it goes into, like you say, the setup. Right. Um, And all the hoopla and how Bobby Shriver was like a pretty good carnival barker you know yeah <laughs> that's clear in the trailer so, where so i don't know it looks like you say i like emma stone and i like seeing steve carell be a complete jackass um sarah silverman who's been on the shows in it and yeah. some nice 70s wigs and, right. and stuff like that so <laughs> it's a pile of haircuts it as jackie pile, would say <laughs> it is a pile of haircuts so go check out the pile of haircuts <laughs> battle the sexes um now 
David, let's talk about your movie. We watched the trailer for An- for Annabelle Creation. Yes. And one of the th- first things we want to point out, too, as the director of the film, how little input you had into any of the trailer editing. And this is yes. a normal Hollywood <laughs> thing. Yeah. No, it, it's it's weird because they, they send you maybe three trailers and like, yeah, we need one of these to go out like in a week. So we have to pick one. And, you know, you may be like, well, this one is too spoilery. And they're like, well, that one tested the best. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's not usually a lot of input. But they, they, they do show you some options. But, yeah, it's ultimately up to them. Because right. as a director, you know, if you were in charge of cutting the trailer, you wouldn't show anything at all and people wouldn't show up. And I assume. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think. But now I think I think filmmakers, especially, um, I, I think I remember Paul Thomas Anderson was one of the filmmakers said he wanted control of his trailers. Uh, now, if, if you were going to um, cut a trailer together, you would make it less spoilery, but you would still set up the film. Yeah, I mean, I think almost the the ideal trailer for me would be if you shot like a little scene or something. That wasn't in the movie even that just had the right tone or like set things up it's like yeah i want to see more of that that would be the idea that's weird that. as a short filmmaker that you would say that yeah <laughs> i would make a short film and just put that out there or at least have a scene from the movie just like that first like there was a, a trailer they had for the conjuring which was just a, the clapping game mm-hmm, and right. that the way that came to be was actually they were at comic-con and they showed a trailer for the film Got you know good reaction. And then they showed that clip and got great reaction. So they right. were like, "Oh, let's just use that as the trailer." And, right, because you know. it's a, such a creepy scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this trailer I was I I the, we saw it today was different. I think Chris than yeah, I saw a different one. I saw one that had a well and actually yeah, had even more one, yeah. stuff that uh, was a little bit more of a giveaway. And I'm thinking, yeah. all right, well, that I could almost see sometimes that's from the first act. That's from the second act, and that's definitely from the third act. Yeah. Like the, the the way they they kind of pull and put them together. But this one was like it's it's, it's creepy. It's for super sure. creepy, especially mm-hmm. since that doll was staring at me at the UCB theater a yeah. couple of years ago. <laughs> it really made it creepy. So what was it like? You know, the whole process of shooting that film, it, especially, and also compare it to what. Uh, the difference between lights out in yeah. this because obviously there was a different budget. Huge. <laughs> well, oh yeah, it's, yeah. This was higher budget, but also, I mean, on lights out, I'd never been on a film set before. Like not even in Sweden. Like because I had but just shot zero to very little budget stuff. So you know, coming here, I didn't know how things here worked. Like I knew sort of storytelling, visual storytelling, all that, but just everything around how movies were put together here so you know when i would interview people for various positions it would mostly be me just asking them so what do you actually do on set like what does the script supervisor actually do yeah (laughs) what does a gaffer do and when i interviewed my first ad it was like when do i actually say action like (laughs) because Mm -hmm. i i just didn't know so shooting lights out was pretty difficult and like after a week or so i just got completely depressed because it was just so much to take in and there was argument with some people on the crew and there was just and all this pressure of like i better make this great or because this is my one shot in hollywood and when things didn't work out well one of the reasons is because people couldn't read your facial expressions yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you just had the annabelle doll on the lights out set that was weird yeah (laughs) just sat there and looked at everyone so Um, the actors would ask you for notes and you just point to the doll yeah i could see why that would make a weird set yeah but uh, I mean, the, it you know became better and better, and you know it's when once we wrapped, it was like 
yeah, I kind of want to do this again. But during the middle, it was like, yeah, I don't want to make movies anymore, that, oh, which was wow. totally depressing because that's had been my life goal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Annabelle, it was just such a great experience because it was, now I knew how th- things here worked. And I, I knew that, okay, if we don't get everything we need in one day, we can pick it up another day or we can even ask the studio for an extra day to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not impossible. And there's... You know, you do additional photography for every movie. Like you kind of think that, oh, that's just when something went wrong with a movie and they have to fix things. But you do it for every movie, even <laughs> movies that turn out great. Because there's always little things like, oh, okay, we kind of needed that shot, or we need. Well, that's that also fixed. I think the indie right. filmmaker of like, we only have this location for three hours, right, you know, yeah. like, and then and we don't have a permit. We don't have a permit, <laughs> yeah. and we don't have the money to be here. So if we don't get it, we're screwed. And then you forget, oh, when there's a bigger budget. Like yeah. you say, additional day pickup days are part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, yeah. I have a video monitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> I don't have to pick up the food for yeah. lunch. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I mean, there was some, a couple of people on the crew that I didn't quite get along with initially, but you know, for this one, I could hire new people. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. so this time I got along with everyone, and it was just a very pleasant experience. It's like, okay, movie making can be this. This is a lot better. That's what it should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really, I always view it like as someone who played team sports when I was younger, it should be like that. And I've been on teams where people fought and didn't get along or all the coaches, whatever. And then I've been on teams where everyone was like working together on the same Everything page. runs smoothly. And it's awesome. Yeah. And there's nothing, when everyone's working together, even when a challenge pops up, whatever, there's a problem, there's weather, there's something like that. And everyone works together to solve that challenge. That to me is the like, the the rush of filmmaking yeah, because I think you find, and I don't know, maybe you have specific examples of this with Annabelle, but you know, like we're going to shoot the scene this way. And then for whatever reason you can't. Yeah. And that happens a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But then a lot of times you come up with a better, the solution is actually better than anything. Did you have anything like that with Annabelle that you can think of? Several of of things you come up with on set where it's like, Oh, let's just do this. And like, Oh, well that's much better than we had. originally planned you mm-hmm. know? and you have that uh, flexibility on a lower budget um, um, they didn't have that flexibility on the Han Solo movie we'll get into that a little later <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but what was like an example of, of Annabelle where you were like we were going to shoot it this way and then this thing happened and um, that doesn't give away well, too much it, yeah I mean it, it wasn't so much where we couldn't do things it was just coming up with additional things like there's this one scene where a little girl has a little toy pop gun mm-hmm. she's standing there and then there's the annabelle doll sitting on a, a bed and i just saw it and was like hey maybe you could accidentally squeeze the trigger and shoot annabelle in the face <laughs> like and that now gets a huge laugh in the movie because people are like oh shit you shouldn't have done that <laughs> you know a lot of those little things that you just see something on set like hey why don't we do this or um that just and and for this one I mean, Lights Out was all shot on location, but for this one, we shot on the Warner Brothers a lot and were able to build this whole oh, house, the yeah. interior, oh, yeah. so you could design it however you wanted to. And like the, the our production designer, Jennifer Spence, she came up with this idea of having a dumbwaiter in the house, like an old little food elevator going between mm-hmm. the floors. And that sort of inspired me. It's like, hey, maybe we can put a kid in there and make a whole sequence out of this. And that right. sort of led to a sequence in the film that wasn't in the script originally. So that's... Yeah, that that's the great thing working with 
talented people like that. You sort of they they make together. the film better. And yeah, when right. everyone's like a dumb waiter, and then that, you know what I mean. And, and when you have the budget, also it's great shooting on a lot or a soundstage yeah. because you're not restricted. Location always has some. There's always something. Yeah. That gets in the way of something. Yeah. But that that that's that's to me that is the magic of filmmaking. Is that your set designer added something you never would have thought of? The actors add something yeah. that makes it all better, and everyone's working towards this common goal. That's 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 tremendous. So when does it come out? August 11th. August 11th. Yeah, yeah. that's great. All, all right. right. So make sure you check it out, and definitely check out the trailer if you haven't seen it yet. So all right, and DVD and Blu-ray, Power Rangers. Uh, I saw this movie, and uh, I I guess if you were a fan growing up, you might have a little bit of nostalgia for Power Rangers, but uh, um, unless you, and if you want to see Brian Cranston as a computer-generated head, if that interests you, uh, <laughs> every you day can, I yes. want to. I woke. I woke up this morning asking um, for that. So uh, it's it, it is what it is. Uh, I heard it was sort of all right. So was... it, you know, it, honestly, more watchable than Transformers yeah. and a more uh, and a more straightforward plot. And it was a Power Rangers movie, so wow. that tells you something. Uh, Chips. I don't know anyone who saw this movie. I don't know anyone who wanted to see this movie and uh, didn't quite do well. Aaron, did you see Chips? Nope. Shaking his head. Brenton? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it. I would suggest joining your local highway patrol first. So, yes. <laughs> now, I wonder, like, who, uh, I'd love to know, like, what movie did worse? We'd have to look this up. Maybe, Aaron, you can look it up. Was it Chips or Baywatch did, uh, did worse? Let's look that up. While I would we're guess just, chips, so. just because Baywatch spent so much advertising money, and Baywatch had, had the Rock have, in it. Yeah, yeah, you know. and they yeah right. They have the Rock. So. People will just show up for the Rock. Yep, in a bathing suit and swim trunks. Whatever, just yeah. the Rock yeah. doing whatever the Rock <laughs> wants to do. Man, punch people, surf them, whatever, yep, whatever, whatever. <laughs> surf them, surf them. Yeah, he's gonna surf them. He's gonna stress. <laughs> he's just gonna tie them up and write them like a board. <laughs> Um, and the Belko experiment. This is one you saw. I saw it. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of a you know, it's a, it's like the first Purge movie, sort of low budget with a with a crazy in an office Purge in an, in an office. It's, it's Purge office. That's yeah. what the, because the Purge office. is successful, they're gonna just we're gonna see Purge on a boat. Right. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna see Purge on a ski resort. We're gonna see you know like, um, so it's 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 interesting in terms of um, the social commentary of it. Right. But yeah. Aaron, yeah. do you have an answer for us? Yes, Baywatch did incredibly better. Uh, 56 million versus Chips 18. Wow. And 18 is less than the budget. 18, chips. wow. The Eight chips, chips budget was more than 18 million. 25. Wow. Wow. What was Baywatch's budget? Let's see if I can get that. Oh, there we go. I feel like Baywatch might have been in the hundreds. No? Still, 69. Yeah, still under budget. Yeah. And marketing. Well, so that'll make its money back. Yeah. Baywatch will it'll it'll do okay. It'll get over a hundred worldwide. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh the Rops the Rock's uh biceps will do better. Just yeah. his, guns his guns alone. Yeah. His guns alone will raise it fifty. His guns are banged. It's fifty million a gun. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> and train spotting two. Now you saw this one too, right? I saw this. Um there was some interesting stuff about it um compared to the first one. Uh it was a little uneven, but it. But I. I don't know. I thought it was worth seeing. Right. I liked it. I like okay. seeing all the characters again. Um, so a little bit of nostalgia for you. For a little bit, yeah. I yeah. liked the first one a lot. I okay. Mean, it's twenty years later, so mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's like a heroin before sunrise, before sunset. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. It's, it's, it's a heroin. 
Yeah. I so another it. 10 years from now, we'll yeah. have a heroin at dusk or whatever. Yes. <laughs> and uh, on the site spotlight uh, and the fan feedback, Neil's uh, weekly film news, we talked about what the what story is uh, writer-director Phil Lord and Chris Miller being fired from the Star Wars Han Solo spinoff film. Oh. Now, this is not a surprise to me at all. They were the wrong choice for this film. It's kind of crazy though. They had like three weeks left on the shoot or something. Like that. Well, it was like, well, and it was also it was all creative differences. They wanted to improv and make Han Solo funnier because they've done Twenty One Jump Street and the Lego Movie. Oh, man. If you're gonna do a, you know what? Pick them for the Lego Star Wars Movie. Have yes, them do yeah, that. Yes, exactly. Have them do the Lego Star right. Wars. Movie. That would have been a great choice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the only person that I can imagine that would probably do a worse job than them would be Ron Howard. So I don't and I don't agree with Chris's statement. <laughs> Chris and that's not speaking for this show. <laughs> He's speaking for himself. And that's who replaced them. But yeah, they were way into the shooting. I I, I saw uh, remember our friend Jonathan London at Geekscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he put a uh, a tweet. He said, uh, you know, it's my goal is someday to direct half a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I'd take it. It's so, uh, I'd love to say I got fired. Uh, yeah, from... uh, it's weird that you get that far in and then they fire. Usually, it's like kind of more at the beginning. Hey, this isn't kind of working out, guys. We'll go our separate ways. But I don't know. This movie, from all the rumors swirling around the internet, it sounds like it's a bit of a mess. Like they're not happy with the lead. Like they fired the directors. I don't. I know. I was so excited about this film because yeah, I loved Rogue I, One so much that I just feel like yeah, I'm bummed now. I don't know what's going on, and we'll, we'll see what happens. So you know, they still have plenty of time to course correct. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so to me, it always felt weird to do a Han Solo story though, because he's like what ten years younger than Harrison Ford was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. like, it's so weird to have a different actor, and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens. I don't have a lot of faith in this now when I hear all of this stuff. Yeah. I really feel like we're going to get Well, something. let me put it this way. None of it's good. None, all all these like, things that I haven't done, I none of it is good news. I, you know what I'm worried about? Film. A Suicide Squad in space. That's what I'm worried <laughs> about. <laughs> Star, suicide Squad, Star mm-hmm. Wars, Space Wars, Squad. And did you find a, a fan feedback? Yes, I did. Um, so I went to the YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. The comedy. So if you go to YouTube.com slash Comedy Filmers, guys, we're putting clips of all the shows up there. If you just want to wa- hear about certain films, whatever, um, and we did a test so you can do a, li- a live stream on YouTube I, I do it for mm-hmm. my show Political Vigilante I call it Super Chat Sundays and people uh, watch me live and then you can ask uh, questions so I answer like political questions and some of you were online when we did the test we did a test and a couple of you jumped online and we were thinking what would you like to-? we asked somebody what would you like to see and so one of the things we suggested because we've been wanting to do this for a while a you know our version of like a mystery science theater 3000 like a, a commentary while a movie is going live right and how could we do that virtually and we thought what if we watched a movie we all queued up like it's on a streaming service and we're like all right we're gonna watch this movie you know hit play in three two one go and then you can watch us give commentary and you guys can we can answer your kind of like what we did with the oscars at rabble two right. years ago mm-hmm. And, uh, a company that is also no longer in business. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. We should have a graveyard of tech yes. companies that we don't do business. Um, but Lady, I believe it's Lady at Giggles on YouTube said, that would be amazing if we can watch a movie live together. I would love to do that. Would you consider a newsletter, too? 
Nothing fancy, just sending out an email to announce events of upcoming. Oh, yeah, we can consider it all the time. Absolutely. The problem is is bandwidth and resources. So <laughs> It's we, actually on the Patreon uh, um, goal. It's is not one of the goals. Is, is, is to redo the website and get all of those things active that we don't have right now. We have the ability. We have a MailChimp account, obviously. You can submit your email address through... The, if you go to ComedyFilmNerds.com. Possibly. Hopefully and <laughs> shortly, soon. But that's one of the things we would do is, and we're and when we get to, I think the $2,000 level is is with a part-time employee. Right, it's something that could definitely That's something they would that. do, and we would send out a, a at least monthly newsletter, if not bi-monthly right. or something, that would announce we're going to do this and this, we've got these episodes coming, whatever. This is what's on sale in the store, like it would be. That, that's our, our plan is to do that. It's just bandwidth and resources right so, now. So, Lady at Giggles, you have great ideas. Yeah. Yes, they are fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, go to the uh, YouTube page and you can comment on all the videos and we'll try to respond to as many of them as we can. I'm hitting likes on a bunch of them as we speak. And the next uh, uh, and premiering this week is Despicable Me 3. I, I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of this franchise. I've seen the first couple and it just feels like it, it, it's just these are like kind of Pixar knockoffy movies. Where it's like Universal's Me Too. Look, look, we're we have you know we have great characters too that we can create in franchises and rides and um, you know with the minions and it just it just doesn't work for me. Um, but I know they're they're hugely popular with the kids. The kids will probably want to go see it, but it, it doesn't hit that Pixar sweet spot of where I can enjoy it along with my kids. I'm taking my kids to see this movie. That's there's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next movie is Baby Driver. I I'll tell you, this is the Edgar Wright movie. It looks like a fun heist thriller slash just, you know, mm -hmm. character piece. I'm seeing like it tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. are you? Oh, cool. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it. We're huge fans. Of it. We're going to think we're going to do a spoiler up. We're going to do a Baby Driver spoiler up. Yeah. So. And then the next movie is The House. This is the Will Ferrell. Um, is it? Who's, who's else is in it? Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler, yeah. This movie looks like the... Typical Hollywood studio, 100 Cooks in the Kitchen makes studio comedy movie. So it, it looks awful. It, I, I, I do not have high hopes for this film. So watch the trailer and uh, see if you're going to go see it because we won't be. Um, <laughs> the next movie is Amityville The Awakening. That's now, actually not coming out, right? I think they pulled it once again. This really? Is, this uh, you know what? It was supposed to come out in like 2014? I was going to mention this. Every time this movie is about to come out, it's been years. They keep pulling it and then yep. they keep putting release dates. Then they keep pulling it again. So, again, not a good sign for a film. But I think you might be right. I think they might have just pulled it again where yep. it's not being released. Yeah, they released a new poster and everything. And then, yeah. Nope. Yeah, nope, nope. Taking it away again. But now, what do you, but there's no, like, information. Do you on know the anything why it keeps these, getting pulled, David? These, no. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's mysterious. Like, either pull it or release it. Don't keep doing both for three years. Just Maybe throw they, it up on VOD or something. Yeah, yeah, something. yeah, do something. But so I don't know if it's. There's some behind-the-scenes rights legal issue that's going on that never seems to get resolved, or if the movie's just so bad that like somebody, no, let's release it, just make some of the money back. I'm like, no, it's too bad, we can't even release it. Aaron, you have thoughts on this? Maybe it's just too scary, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if that was the reason. Yeah, this is, right. this is oh, it's okay. too much for American audiences. The house keeps the house keeps yeah. pulling the movie from the theaters. <laughs> so well, that the is... theater's in the th the house is in the theater. <laughs> Well, that is our show. That is our show. Ladies and what gentlemen. What a fantastic program. Uh, David F. Sandberg, where can people find you on the internet? Can now, they communicate um, with or, you? Or can they talk Sweden? to the doll? 
<laughs> they can communicate with me, but not the doll. Yeah, I'm at You should do live now. streaming with the doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just sitting there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, no, what, I'm, I'm sorry. What was your handle? I'm at Pony Smasher on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. What does that mean? It means uh, I smash ponies. All right. Sounds mm-hmm. like a Swedish thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do some, some good old fashioned Swedish pony smashing. Yeah. yeah. Pony smashing in IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> ponies are pretty stupid. Yeah. Be a real horse. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> um, so, uh, and of course, you have your movie coming out. Uh, what's the release Say date? Say it again. August 11th. August 11th. All right, guys. Okay. Check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, uh, go to the Patreon. Um, we're going to be released. We're serious about doing the uh, spoiler, but if you it's, can get us to 1,500. Oh, God. 16 with accents. 16 with accents. <laughs> Um, but it has to be in the next couple weeks. It has you to can't be in the next. It's not like it de- so the thousands of you listening that haven't, uh, um, you know, contributed, please. And you get bonus video, you get bonus yeah. audio, you get a lot of cool stuff um, mm-hmm. if you go to the Patreon page. Uh, also, guys, liking and subscribing to the YouTube channel will help the YouTube channel grow. Yes, um, that's a free way you can support the show. Just like positive reviews and five star reviews in uh, iTunes helps. Yep, all that stuff helps. All that stuff helps. And sharing the videos, uh, the YouTube videos on your social media helps. Even if you only have like a couple hundred people that follow you, right? Just oh, here's a cool. These guys are talking about the new Annabelle movie. I'm yeah. excited about this or whatever. And also, we, as always, we want to thank the people that have supported mm-hmm. um, the Patreon awesome. and also that have bought the movie uh if you haven't bought earbuds yet please consider doing that as well we have the dvd the downloads everything is at comedyfilmnerds.com here's the thing with the you should know about earbuds so our distribution deal when it goes wide in september there's a 45 day window there's basically 90 days where we can't sell it on the site 45 right. days on either end on either side of the release date so get it now before that happens yes because that's where we make the most money <laughs> yes <laughs> Indeed. And we make it quicker. <laughs> yes, very quick. Uh, so thank you so much. Thank you to Brenton on the uh, the social media, Aaron Brungard on the ones and twos, our guest David F. Sandberg. Uh, appreciate you doing the show. And thank you for not bringing the doll so I don't have yes. nightmares in the, in the air-conditioned studio. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. Ring around the rosy. He's in the house. He's in the house.